I'm such a pathetic human being. Welcome to shitposter.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 206 of Grumpy Old Men's Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of the shy rack where we are hunkering down and waiting for the storm. And from America's left coast, where rise and shine campers and don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. I'm Ryan Bemrose. It's getting cold here, too. And we're finally getting the snow you had last week, two weeks ago, whatever that was. Oh, we got snow again. Ooh, yay. We, it's it's currently 24 degrees outside, which I get for people in the Midwest. It's yeah. like, eh, it's just a normal winter day. But around here, if it drops below 30, uh, people explode spontaneously, which is entertaining. And I'd love to catch videos of it. But 24 is uncomfortably cold. <laughs> Houses are not that well. You know, I had somebody complain the other day. They're like, why do you always talk about the weather? That's so boring. Nobody cares about the weather. I'm like, this is the most interesting thing I'm going to have to say all show. It is. It's the holiday season, which means almost nothing is going on in the world. At least very little being reported. I, I, I actually got an angry tech news out yesterday and it was a few weeks late. And my excuse is nothing happens in December. Nothing happens in the tech world. It Every, just, it's dead. It's, it's all hidden. If it is, it's all rumors and innuendo. So we go back to the weather and it's like, well, we're going to have four to eight inches of snow. They're saying tomorrow, which means it'll either be one inch or it'll be three feet because they're never, they're never yeah, well, right. Which, which fits in that range. If you know how to speak weather. Person. Yes. And then Friday, <laughs> the high two degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay. That's colder than 24. Yeah little bit by 22 degrees i mean i'm not yeah. a math major but that well is i, be I am which means i can't do arithmetic i'm gonna have to take your word for it means i gotta go check after this show and make sure that the snowblower starts up because that's what's going to be needed over the next couple of days at least it looks like christmas eve christmas day is going to be dry but you know when it gets to two degrees and windy after a snowstorm that it doesn't really matter i guess if new snow is coming down the stuff that's already been down just keeps moving around oh here's here's the best irony for here at least if the weather report is to be believed is that uh you know christmas is sunday um it snowed like crazy this last weekend we got you know several inches like eight or nine on the ground that's what she said it was well, it was eight or nine inches and she was still unsatisfied and my back hurt after shoveling. I don't know what you're going with that, but then it got really cold right now. It is sunny and really cold and all the snow is not going away until we are expecting rainstorms to move in on Saturday. We are going to have a wet Christmas. All the snow will be gone. Ooh, so clouds and plenty of fascism are in the air, which is pretty normal for the left coast. Yeah. Welcome to Seattle. Would you like some fascism to go? We have a we have a little bag. We can put it in. You can take it with you home. Spread it around. I was thinking of ordering a game for Christmas Eve 
to play with the family. Has anybody ever played the game? I guess the people that put out cards against humanity came out with this game and it's called Secret Hitler, which I thought seemed like a very holiday game to play. Okay. I mean, it seems like a holiday game. Is that one of the there's there's a variety of games where you. At the beginning of the game, you choose one person to be the evil one. Right. And they're trying to corrupt everyone. Right. And then only certain people know who, you know, the whole thing is who is Hitler that I guess the game kind of starts out with. You can play like anywhere between five and ten people. Well, it seems like a pretty easy game to solve. Whichever one of you voted for Trump, that's Hitler. (laughs) Well, depending what part of the country you're in, (laughs) that would definitely be the case. And I mean, one, I was intrigued because it's one of these things where almost everything else on Amazon is now, well, it would normally be next day or two days. They're now like, well, maybe sometime next week towards the end of the week, maybe we might be able to get it to you. But this thing, when I checked earlier, was like, hey, we can still have it to you today. And now it's like free delivery overnight between 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. So God forbid the poor people that are delivering for Amazon, especially when a blizzard starts up. I don't know. But I was intrigued by this game because it was also put out under the Creative Commons tag, which I mean, there's been a lot of people complaining. Well, one ornery asshole over on no agenda social about yeah, yeah a lot of people one account on <laughs> shitposter.club right complaining about well you're so you know, still not go under the CSB. right right i don't want to go all csb but but a simple block would fix this complaining <laughs> right there you go it's like um the only difference I'm sorry, a mute right well that's the right blocking you don't is block. Sir Gene. correct and the whole thing when you're putting it towards podcasts it's like percent of the people who listen to podcasts will never do anything else with that except listen. And the only time a different copyright will change that is if you want to do something with that content and repurpose it and use it again, because otherwise it don't matter. So shut the fuck up. And and ironically, it does matter to me because in one of my other roles in the no agenda community, uh, I go and look for podcasts to rebroadcast and very few of them have an explicit copyright, but correct. given that I understand exactly where you were coming from in that thread, that the vast majority of podcasters don't think about copyrights, which is why, you know, right. you can, you, you can, uh, whoever this dipshit is, uh, Jeff. Yeah, I, I don't, I Jeff something. <laughs> I don't care. Um, this, came about this the whole wrong way. If, if your goal is to increase the incidence of creative commons, copyright notices, then the polite normal human being thing to do would be, Hey, I noticed you don't have a copyright notice at all. Uh, what license have you chosen? And if you haven't chosen one, can I recommend creative commons? But no, this dipshit, this dumbass piece of shit poster slime comes out and is like, well, your podcast doesn't explicitly say Creative Commons, and therefore it's not worth listening to. I'm like, well, okay, then don't listen. Right? Donate anyway, but don't listen. Yeah, yeah. Donate, and then we'll then we'll consider changing the the copyright I, symbol. Like, the the vast majority it's there. There's no there, there's no malfeasance here. The vast majority of podcasters really just don't think about it because they're like, I want my stuff to go out, and every normal human being who isn't a lawyer knows that you just want people to listen to it and it all works right most podcasters i believe 
think their stuff is available for anybody to do whatever they want with it. Just off the bat. I think they yeah. think I don't have to do it. If and I don't do anything, I'm guessing that then I don't have any, I'm not requesting any specific copyright, which is not true. And there's a few here. very possessive ones out there who genuinely are like, no, I want you to listen to this and then throw it away and never, ever do anything else. In fact, you can't even listen a second time and don't and, even talk you know, about I, it. I, I think those podcasters are morons, but I respect their rights if they're the ones creating the content. And that is when you put a copyright notice on your podcast. But it's kind of de facto in the podcast space that if you don't put a notice on there that people kind of do what they want with it until told otherwise. And like I said, this, I, I, I look for podcast notices and of the shows that we put on the no agenda stream, which is why I do it. There's maybe five that have a copyright notice at all. The vast majority don't. Right. And, and no agenda is one. It says, it, it says they're released under creative commons, which, uh, well, at least, you know, a while ago they said that, I don't know if this has changed recently, but, that is not saying what license it is. It just says under Creative Commons, which is a blanket for about seven licenses. Right. To, that allows a variety of things to be done with the content to allow it to be repackaged. Some won't let you profit off of it at all. Some, which I believe is where no agenda is, don't care. If you can figure yeah. out a way to profit off the stuff they're putting out, go for it. Which is so, hard to do. When, when I, I mean, when I'm putting up one, like if I see... Uh, an all rights reserved or something. It's a kind of a red flag. I'm like, well, maybe they don't want this. And then I'll, if I really want to put the show on the stream, I'll contact them. But if I see nothing at all, then yeah, I'm kind of thinking, okay, if they didn't care enough to put up a copyright notice, we're going to use it until they tell us to stop. And of course, any podcaster who tells us to knock it off, we'll just, okay, then fine. You know, it's done, gone. You're like, we're just trying to help. We're trying to get yeah. more people to hear your show. But that was the intriguing thing about this game is that I went to its website and I read a couple re well watched a couple reviews on YouTube as servo is pointing out. It's similar to a game called werewolf. The secret Hitler game is, but yeah, they that's, had a, that's the variation I'd heard of. Now the secret Hitler website was very interesting because one, you could also buy the game from them on Amazon. It's 40 bucks. You can buy it from them direct for 40 bucks, but they also say the game was released under a creative commons license and they give you PDFs. If you want to print out all the cards and pieces and the instructions on your own, it's there, it's free. And I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea. That That's actually pretty decent of them. It's like, so here's everything you want to know. And the game looked really nice. I mean, the pieces look like they're made out of wood and they're not just the usual little cardboard plastic kind of pieces of crap. So you're paying 40 bucks to save yourself a lot of time of printing out the cards and all that kind of stuff. But it was the first time I've ever seen, and I'm sure there are more, but it's the first time I've ever run across a board game that I'm like, oh, I might want to order that. And it's like, wait, it's under Creative Commons. That's cool. I, I wonder if the decision to make it open is because it's not an original game. It's very much like a different one. That's possible. Like, don't sue us. We'll try I not mean, to sue admittedly, you. Admittedly, that wouldn't stop most big corporations, you no. know, especially if they happen to come out of, say, uh, the Hollywood part of California, where they're like, yeah, we're going to rip off ideas and then we're going to copyright it and sue everybody who. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Different shows topic. that uh, Pfeiffer likes are the ones that are under the DGAF license, which I'm guessing is the don't give a fuck license. Yes. I like yes, that, that one. I, I, I like that too. It's the Lutfa um, license. Unfortunately, it's, it's actually pretty difficult to enforce if a, an actual dispute comes up. Yeah. Well, that's if, if you are 
even remotely concerned about it, you should probably put a license on your stuff. I am I am a fan of CC BY. Uh, it the the CC BY license the only the only restriction that it puts on it's Creative Commons attribution, and it says if you do anything with this, make sure that the original author gets mentioned and some credit. And Which I think fair. that's that's a pretty human decency thing thing to do. So if you ever think about licenses, I recommend that you slap CC by if you don't care. If you do care, look at other licenses. I'm not going to recommend other ones. The the non-commercial one is a little bit too commie for me, but but it's there. You must mention Hitler at least three times. <laughs> no, that's a that's a different that's the Hitler license. Oh, right, right. In the game, I thought it was great because in the game. You're either a liberal or a fascist. And I'm like, this is just like real life. This is awesome. Wait, it, both. Yeah, well, you can, you're one or the that actually, other. That says something about the, the game's creators. Uh, I, I knew the people who did cards against humanity, they pulled a pretty big woke move a few months ago. Um, I don't remember what it was now, but it was, it annoyed me, but that tells you something about the game's creators that they think that everybody can be categorized in. Well, first of all, yes. that they think, Everybody is either a liberal or a fascist. Right. And they think that those are two different groups right now. Right. Well, the beautiful <laughs> thing was, and I know it's like, and I don't care because if the game is good, I don't care what their political bent is. Oh, I still play the shit out of Cards Against Humanity. Big fan of that game. Yes. Just, the, at the end of their, if you go to that uh, secrethitler.com, I believe was the website, at the end is like, well, what if you, if you really hate fascists, what should you do? And they list like four Republican politicians to contact. Like these are the facts. Okay. So they're <laughs> still doing the woke bullshit. Yes. Okay. Like, wow. So self, not self-aware, but good, good job on the game. But yeah, so not self-aware, yeah, yeah. but it still seems like a fun game to play on Christmas. We have in the past played a game called cash and guns, which is great because everybody gets a foam gun. And the whole thing is you're all a bunch of robbers. And you're splitting up the loot, of course, all being robbers. You want to rob each other after you get the loot. And that's how the whole game. And there's nothing more fun than pointing a gun at so, grandma. So it's it's kind of like playing politics. Yes, it pretty much is. It's kind of the same thing. Everybody is robbing each other and pointing guns at grandma. That's okay. Help. Strange bedfellows, right? But that's the way Christmas works. You got If you can't have some fun with your family, I mean, I know people get so stressed out this time of year. And I get it. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, one, the weather sucks, it seems, in most places. And people get really too kind of tied up in all the negative parts. Like, oh, my God, I need to do this. I need to do so much. And who, what do I get? What presents am I going to buy? Oh, who should I? Oh, am I spending enough? Am I not spending enough? Oh, what, what should I do? It's like, just well, my relax. recommendation, and I think I gave this one a month ago, was to talk nothing but politics at the Thanksgiving table, because right. then you don't have anybody you have to get presents for. Well, at least it's a very much smaller list. And then you can get them some political items because you'll know they'll like them. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones the, that the Biden. I did this stickers or something. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Uncle Joe ruining the holidays. Which isn't. Well. A big it's not surprise. just the holidays. He's not singling the holidays out. No, it's been nonstop. It has been nothing in every administration lies. Okay, we get that. But this whole, no, the border is secure. It's like, really? 
I mean, there's uh, like five the, the times. The border of what? The border between the White House and the rest of America? Yeah, well, that would be one. In this new big $1.7 trillion disaster, from what I've read, and granted, it's hard to get uh, the data because there's so much in there. But there was allegedly, according to one of the House representatives, I believe, who was live tweeting as him and his staff went through this bill, said there was something in there specifically that none of the money in this big uh, spending bill could go towards border security in the United States. But there was millions associated with foreign countries that they were giving specifically for border security in places like in the Middle East. Oh, I don't think there's any question or anybody has any illusions that the the Democrats right now care a lot more about the security of the Ukrainian border than they do about the security of the American ones. Yeah, and Zelensky's in D.C. I mean, can you write this stuff any better right now? He's Zelensky. meeting. He's meeting with his VC funders. Uh huh. It is. It's hilarious. It would be really funny if it wasn't so tragic all at the same time. Oh, speaking of funny and tragic. I picked up a story on ring doorbells. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, we know <laughs> that they're the death of pi- uh, privacy. We know that they're being used by local law enforcement, whether or not the homeowners know they're, they're being used by more than local law enforcement. Now this what? One I find hilarious primarily because I'm not the one who is the victim here, which is see, it's finally nice. You can laugh at those when you're like, ha ha, I figured this one out. So, this one came from the charging papers uh, of two people from Wisconsin and North Carolina. Uh, Ars Technica gave their full names and ages, but I'm not about doxing. Uh, but prosecutors have charged. Actually, Ars Technica didn't say what prosecutors either, which is actually something I care about. Uh, have charged two people with uh, using ring cameras to SWAT people and live stream the attacks. Uh, I'm just going to read this because uh, this is a paragraph from Ars Technica. I love this one. Uh, November 8th, local police in West Covina, California, received an emergency call purporting to come from a minor child reporting that her parents had been drinking and shooting guns inside the (laughs) minor's home. When the police arrived at the residence, Nelson allegedly accessed uh, Nelson, I guess one of the people allegedly accessed the residence's ring doorbell and used it to verbally threaten and taunt the responding officers. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's great. So you're sitting at home just enjoying dinner or whatever, and the SWAT team shows up at your door because they think that you've been drinking and firing guns in your house and that that a little kid complained. And then before you even get to the door, your ring doorbell starts taunting the cops at the door. That's fantastic. And then, of course, they live streamed the whole thing from the ring doorbell. Well, you get great video and audio. Get the (laughs) ring doorbell today at Amazon.com. The article says that attackers, quote, first got or the charging papers, uh, they cited 11 other similar instances, incidents in Michigan, Montana, Georgia, Virginia, Texas, Illinois, Alabama and Florida. So these guys have been busy. Apparently, they would get login credentials of Yahoo accounts, although they aren't sure how. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of ways like uh, password dumps. Uh, and then determine if the account once they had a. A compromised email account. They determine if it had a ring account attached to it. If so, they use the ring access to get names and account holders of the residences so that they have a, a list of all the people who are there. And then they let the fun begin. 
using the, you know, the ring doorbell app and your stolen credentials. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it would be that hard to do, really. No. You know, no, all you really have to do is get somebody's email password and you know that through the magic of the lost password dialogue on every site everywhere, once you have somebody's email, you have everything. Right, they will allow you to reset whatever you want. And if they're dumb enough to install a device that lets you taunt cops from your front door. Well, see, and nobody really thinks of that because I've got a bunch of Wi-Fi cameras and I'm like, well, they're all pointed outside of the house. I don't have any. Are they internet connected through an app? Not through an app. No, I do not do that. Although I've made them internet accessible at times, but then people would have to go through my IP and that there's no like third party app that is, that is doing. And that's pretty reasonable. You know, but like if you have to log in through your VPN because it only accepts connections through the internal IPs that right. Yeah. Now with the ring doorbell, I've always thought they were kind of, you know, not as bad as they could be again, because they're pointing to the front of your house. So you're not getting you're not really losing your privacy unless you care about who's coming and going through your front door, which, you know, guys, if you're having your girlfriend over when your wife's out, don't get a ring doorbell. Bad, really bad idea. But because even if she doesn't have access to the video footage, the hackers do. Yes. And when the hackers get it, they know they've got you over a barrel and you are in some serious trouble. When when you get hacked, don't don't give them extra blackmail material. I have never considered the using this to taunt the police after swatting somebody. This is a great one to punch. Because you oh, can, it's, it's you can, horrible. This is a way to get your dog shot, right? Because I mean, really, if I was the if I was trying to pull this one off, then as the cops were coming up, I would go into the the kid's voice and be like, "Daddy got a gun on me! Help! Help!" Exactly. <laughs> and and I, I mean, on the one hand, if you're a, a local police department that, of course, has military style gear and a SWAT team and are itching to use it. How are you going to react to that situation? You're like, finally, finally, we're going to have a reason. Like we've had this stuff in the storeroom forever. Let's load up everything and make sure you don't short on the grenades. Hey, you never know when you're going to need a grenade. I, I kind of always need a grenade. I just never thought of combining, right? I never thought of combining those things and making it into the ultimate doxing experience. It's, it's ingenious and really, really, really evil. Yeah. And I, I, I have to laugh, but man, there's no way this could possibly have been fun for the families that got hit. No, because I'm guessing that somebody's coming through the front door really hot and, at that and point. Of course, you know, obviously the the criminals who instigated this are not going to apologize. But of course, the best part of the irony is the cops who are duped into completely trampling over somebody's home rights. They're also not going to apologize. You know that. Well, but we talked about this with all the Tim Pool stuff, and it was like, but we have to respond because what if it's real? You know, that's the yeah, problem. You, you might have to respond, but maybe you don't have to like kick in doors and shoot dogs. I don't know. That's a completely different thing. And in this case, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recriminate the police for responding to a swatting call, other than police uh police officials across the entire country need to recognize that swatting is a thing and maybe right turn down the response a little bit so that it's not such a brutal tactic against anybody that you don't like. Yeah, I understand. There's a balancing act in trying to get confirmation that there's something bad going on. 
and not wasting too much time where lives could be at danger if there is an active shooter or something. But it is, it just shows that being a cop or any kind of law enforcement at this time is way more complex. Yeah. If, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. But this goes along too. There's a lot of these people that are pulling this stuff. I'm guessing are outside of the United States. So it's like, you're most of the time, not going to bring these people to justice. You know, I mean, it's possible that, you know, it's one of the neighbors. I just covered a story on random thoughts today where it was a mother that was cyber stalking and harassing her kid, which hilarious, but what? her kid, her own kid. Yeah. Okay. Diff- shitty mother already <laughs> under different phone if, uh, text accounts and all that kind of stuff. And it, I mean, before we get to the evil part, shitty mother for not having better routes to manage this, like yes. talking to your kid. It was just kind of hilarious that she's now facing multiple felony counts, including one of like cyber stalking. And it's like, can you cyber stalk your own child? I'm pretty sure that's uh, a hard thing I, to do, I, but. I don't think that that's the right charge, but maybe being a dumb bitch applies. Yeah, well, that did. That definitely did. (laughs) But when it's coming from outside of the country, you know, there's nothing they can do, which is why one of the big things over the last couple of days is Republican, what, Utah, Mike Lee, Senator wanting to go the whole route of having porn sites, ID people, you know, verify age was what it was before accessing. It didn't work. Right. That was my point. Exactly. Did nobody pay any attention to what happened in the UK? Because (laughs) here's the thing. I don't know how you can prove somebody's age. You know, first and foremost, for me, it comes down to the privacy issue, which you can't prove somebody's age without proving their identity, which then goes down a whole different rabbit hole. And it also just made me wonder what then would happen. I'm guessing some of these big porn sites are actually headquartered here in the United States. Well, wouldn't you just move to Panama or somewhere that wasn't under that yeah. law? Set up an LLC in, in the Tuvalu or wherever yeah. it is. And it's like, well, then what are you going to do? Because this, again, people that, and it's not just the United States, but there's a lot of politicians here that try to make laws that don't seem to understand that the internet is global. Well, but they're trying to close that loophole by making government global. Too. Right. Right. If we're all global, then it's all good. Everybody can be happy. Once there's a one world government where we all swear fealty to Bill Gates, then they can finally pass laws that affect the whole Internet. That's what they want to do. Nothing could possibly go wrong. No, George Soros will tell you what you can have and can't have. Everybody will be happy. And I do have a question for all of our experts out there. If you go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Do you get the donate page? Because I've had a couple of people complain that that just takes them to the main page of Grumpy Old Benz, and I don't know how that's possible. I mean, anything can happen. You asked this earlier this morning, and I went ahead and checked, and you know that I have the most backwards incompatible browser (laughs) in the history of the entire planet, and I got the donation page. Yeah, you're on like uh, Firefox 2. (laughs) No, no, it's it's the, the original version of Pale Moon. Oh, well, that's a good one. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know if there's something that could be redirecting. I got this once before and I was like, ah, the person's just an idiot. Now somebody else said it and I'm like, oh, well, maybe there's something, but I have no idea. With modern web stuff, there are so many different rewrites and situations where things may be redirected or rewritten. 
but I don't see anything on our end. So I just wanted to know if this was a widespread thing. We're probably just being hacked. Right. Sir Omaha's like, you guys have a donation page. I know it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I don't Wait, even know what it's right. Yeah. Go check it out. You should check it out and make sure that when you hit donate, the PayPal thing comes up. And then the only way to make sure that really works is to put a number in there. And really the small numbers are very glitchy. So you want to be like over $500 and then see if that, that is go, important. Yeah. And make sure that goes through and then don't worry. We'll refund your money right back to you. If well, you want. I, I mean, to be thorough in testing, you always want to chew, try test small numbers and then test large numbers. And, right. And see if like, see if you can get the number to overflow because that's an important edge case. Yes. So the larger the number, the better. And they were just that it went to the main page. I'm like, I don't know how you get to the main page, but it seems to work for me. And I know that's pretty much my level of tech expertise. Like, I don't know, works here. Well, if, if you do have this similar problem, then complain to Darren and he'll bring it. It's called show content. We love it. It is. It helps, especially throughout the holidays when there's not a whole lot of stuff going on. Comcast though is upgrading their network, which I like because you know I'm a Comcast guy. You're a Comcast guy. <laughs> Not willingly. Well, you get it thrust upon you. But there <laughs> allegedly there are those who seek out Comcast, and there are those who have Comcast <laughs> thrust upon, upon them. them. Yes, it sounded very sexual. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no. They're Just, opening no. up. They're opening up the upload speeds, which is something that I've been asking for, and a lot. Anybody that's a content person. If you're creating audio or video, you know the need for the upload speeds are real. This, yeah, great. Give me a gig down. That's fine. But if yeah. I, have, I have to wait the, three the days to upload a video. The cable companies have always tried to pacify the masses with download speed, download speed, download speed. And uh, with, with the rise of user-generated content, which, uh, you know, when it was just text, who cared? But every single person who uploads YouTube videos or does a podcast needs that upload bandwidth. And I don't understand why they keep dragging their heels. On, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a three gigs down and 500 kilobits up. Right. I don't like it. Yeah. Servo boosted saying that it is indeed working when he goes to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. That's appreciated. Pfeiffer says I'd boost a GOB. Well, you just did. And uh, C. Brooklyn says, stay grumpy and old. I mean, I guess that's none of those things uh, are changing. I'm not old. Right. Sure. <laughs> I, hey, I have, I have an age of today past 29. Have you uh, just been re jiggering the definition of what old means? Kind of like well, Stanford. No, I, no, no very specifically, I haven't had a birthday since 29. Are you a man just experiencing oldness rather than you can't say you're an, <laughs> you're an old man? Yeah, no, he is a man like experiencing extra age years i don't know but it's I, always great this conversation is making me grumpy well everything does yes people were asking like hey what makes you grumpy i'm like i just just hearing bemrose's voice so i mean i'm always right in on it like hearing bemrose's voice makes me grumpy i'll tell you that it's the way it works that's how the show just flows whether there's any real content to talk about or not well as long as we're on the topic of people being douches online <laughs> this could take hours the U.S. SEC and Department of Justice have arrested eight social media influencers for running a pump and dump scheme. Oh, is this related to the uh, crypto thing or something different? I uh, I don't think this is 
crypto. This is uh, social media influencers. And that, by the way, is the only unique thing about it, because otherwise it's a pretty generic uh, uh, pump and dump story. They portrayed themselves as successful traders to millennials and Zoomers on Twitter, Instagram and Discord. They encouraged their followers to buy certain stocks and they managed to they, then as soon as a bunch of people bought enough of the stocks and raised the price, they sold it without telling anyone. That's that's classic pump and dump. The only difference is that uh, pump and dump before was used against grandmas who were looking to you know build a stock portfolio. And now it's being used against the new generation who has never seen movies like Wall Street or Boiler Room. <laughs> You don't uh, who don't understand how the system works because our education system now doesn't want to educate them on how capitalism works. They just want to spend every day going capitalism's bad. Yeah. And and then buying stocks because their Instagram person told them to. Yeah. And this, by the way, this story is exactly why you hear podcasters always or often say that they do not make stock recommendations. This is not a stock recommendation because if you make a stock recommendation, well, first of all, if you make a stock recommendation, that makes you in a special SEC category that most podcasters aren't. But also because if you are making stock recommendations, you open yourself up to being arrested for pump and dump schemes. Yeah. Then again, Uh, According to the Fortune article that I read on this one, the scheme did net them almost a hundred million between them. So maybe we should start making stock recommendations. Hey, we should be. We can't do any worse than most. You just have to be clear that you say, I am not an expert in this field. But what I would do is this. There's language is important. You can't say, hey, yes, I highly recommend weasel words you can inject. Exactly. Rather than say like, hey, experts, I highly recommend you do X, Y and Z. You say, hey, experts, I can't give legally any advice, but here's what I'm doing. I'm buying X, Y, and Z. I'm not even legally allowed to talk to you. Right, right. (laughs) I'm not even legally allowed to be in the same room with you at this particular juncture, but. Yeah. In fact, that restraining order specifically bans me doing this podcast, but here's what I know. I am now on an oil rig outside of Texas just to be able to broadcast this message to you. Hey, Boobery, he just sent in a boostagram. GOB may be a non-CCBY, not worth my time podcast, but I'd still boost it. Well, thank you, Boobery, the Mothman. I would too. Of the miniocalypse. This is like a little holiday party here. We should have some holiday music going on. We should have some eggnog, some ho-ho-hos in the background. Probably related to the fact that there's no news. There's also a lot fewer podcasts during the Christmas time. You notice a lot of people take the time off. A lot of people taking time off. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly just was his last show yesterday and he's off for two weeks. It's like, well, I want two weeks off. Why don't I get two weeks weeks off? off. We could take two weeks. We could take five. We could take two months. I mean, admittedly, I have every reason to believe that there will be a grumpy old Ben's next week. Because it falls in the middle of the week, which is a delightful way to go. Yeah. Unlike well, it's better than better than people who podcast on Sunday, <laughs> you mean on Christmas Day yeah. for, for this particular and, on, on Christmas Day and which like, no uh, agenda like they do Pfeiffer, that rusty apples. Yep. Rusty apples with you, the reverend doctor. I'll be doing the pre-show Adam and John and then Phoenix heading and out. Boy afterward. There, so it's a full day, even on Christmas oh, it's Day. A full That's day. fantastic. It's a full day. Four live shows all back to back. A bunch of pagans <laughs> go to church. 
Get off the internet. If you are one of those pagans, you know. I, I know. I know. I'm bringing the rock and roll, which is there is way more good rock and roll Christmas songs now than there was just, you know, 10, 20 years ago. There's a lot of good stuff out there now. Uh, good is relative. This is true. It depends. If you bring Taylor Swift, then you're you're a liar. Okay, if I would bring Taylor Swift, I wouldn't be on the air. I'll tell you that. I'd be like, you guys, you're on your own. Taylor's here. <laughs> I meant her music, but your point oh, is taken. Yeah, yeah, that would be if, a complete. If, if Taylor Swift visits your house, you can be forgiven for not doing a show that day. Like my wife finally got me what I wanted for Christmas. Gotta go. <laughs> That's the go. No, we don't. But, although I do, there are a few Taylor Swift, Swift uh, Christmas songs. So you're right. I almost forgot. I need to make sure those are on the list for the show. But Adam and John doing a no agenda show on Christmas Day, and that may just be because of having to take the two shows off for the dental work that Adam had, but it's still good. I mean, it, one, it's going to be interesting to see where they're going with the clips because you're right. We're already on, on every major network and every minor network. We're already on like the B or C team that you normally don't see on the air because nobody that's a full-time journalism talking head seems to still be working. This is the time everybody just takes off. So the clips may be more entertaining. Maybe, maybe we bring clips, we, know, seeing how I've already run through half the content I prepared. Oh, but that's fine. Would I leave cookies <laughs> and milk out for Tay Tay? Sure. I think I would, but would that work? They'd be delicious. If, if, if it'd make her show up, I think you would. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd make the best damn cookies that you could possibly find. There was a thing the other day that it was, it was weird because it was some company out of Turkey that did a study on music and health and the results were that heavy metal was the most likely to lower your blood pressure and your heart rate followed by 80s pop music which i thought was just intriguing on a whole bunch of different levels are we talking heavy metal like the music or are we talking like heavy metal poisoning no no the music okay which there's been a whole thing lately. If you if you bought grandma some dark chocolate for Christmas, be careful because there's been like, oh, there's a bunch of uh, heavy metals in a, in some of these maybe not so good dark chocolate brands. Like Ghirardelli yeah. was fine, but like Trader Joe's or something. And I don't want to say the wrong one, so double check. But it was one of those dark brands. chocolate with plutonium. Yeah, dark chocolate with a little extra lead or some. They're bad <laughs> heavy metals. Whatever you did not want to be consuming them. There's no question about it. It's just the Christmas, but we don't need content for a Christmas party. We just got the trolls and they're in the troll room over at trollroom.io from Boobery, the Mothman of the Miniocalypse to Servo to the No Agenda Millennial. He does that show, the Millennial Media Offensive or something like that. Yes, which, yeah. which apparently I, I just learned is now under a fuck Jeff copyright. Yes. Yeah, well, every, that's a brand new copyright. <laughs> Brett just was just created today in honor so- of that thread. So I, I don't know very much about this Jeff from shit poster, but I will say masterful troll and you're an asshole. Yes. Well, see the most masterful trolls are the easiest, Like just <laughs> not worth my time. You're not worth my time, but you're posting about it. So obviously yeah, it's like, how, did, did you somehow manage to type this without taking up any of your time? Is that what happened? Exactly. Or, or is your time just not worth your time? Oh, that's see. There's a good one. My time is not worth my time like this this isn't worth my time but i'm gonna do it anyway because i've got nothing else to do because i'm such a pathetic human being 
Welcome to shitposter.com. Yes. That's Mastodon. You use that as the cold open. And it'll, yeah. Yours or mine? <laughs> no. But neither one. Neither. There's got to be something better. You would think, but there's no content this week because. Okay. How about Madison Square Garden? Oh, I talked about this. Did you? Yes. Random thoughts. Actually, which that hasn't that been is, released yet. You're right. You're right. This is totally a, a story that would fit into your random thoughts themes, but I'm, I'm jacking it for the show that I'm now going to make you talk about it again. Well, it is because it's a great tech aspect and it should scare the bejesus out of everybody. Well, it bothered me a little bit that they're doing this. I, I, I'm just going to read this one line, which this is a quote from the spokesman person spokesman from Madison Square Garden. MSG instituted a straightforward policy that precludes attorneys pursuing active litigation against the company from attending events at our venues until that litigation has been resolved. While we understand this policy is disappointing to some, we cannot ignore the fact that litigation creates an inherently adverse environment. This is petty bullshit because the story, which we're burying, is a woman who was going to a Rockettes concert with her daughter's Girl Scout troop or the girls were let into the concert just fine. And they used facial recognition to single her out and security banned her from the premises because she's a lawyer who happens to work for a firm that is suing a restaurant that is owned by the venue. And they have this petty ass policy that says, if you work for a firm that's suing us in any way, we're going to ban you from all events. She just wanted to go out to a concert with her kids. What the hell? Well, Yes. And that wasn't the, while it was a big part of the story, the angle I took that should scare everybody is the fact that the facial recognition is now so good that she was literally at the door just through the metal detector and heard, you know, probably the walkie talkie of the security guard at that gate get, uh, yeah, the one with the dark long hair and the uh, scarf there. Yeah, no, no, no. We can't let her in. Yeah. And it, the implementation is creepy. The The very fact that they have this policy is I, I, I like means if there's justice in the world, then the venue will burn down. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? Well, yeah, the policy sucks, but, but the fact that is that- a crappy ass policy. And then they're implementing it by going, oh, yeah, we're running facial recognition on everybody who walks through. Yes. And we're petty enough to just be singling out moms of Girl Scout troops. Well, and what kind of system is this being run on that a private company is able to identify somebody at the minute, the second they're at the door? Not like they came in and they wreck, you know, the thing popped up five minutes later instantaneously. And I'm wondering, really, I don't know if you're a lawyer. Do you have to submit in the state of New Jersey? Do you have to submit a photo or something? Because how otherwise would they be able to get photos of all the lawyers that work for all of these firms? Like, are they scraping their social media? There were so many questions. I imagine imagine it's on, on the legal website, but if not that, then there's social media. There's, I mean, you know, getting photos of people is pretty easy. Which, right. But it's like legally that's questionable, which is why oh, yeah. there's been so many huge multi-million dollar settlements with Instagram and Google and Samsung because of using facial recognition technology. I, I, I'm thinking that the law firm is probably exploring options right now. Be like, hey, what can we do to pile on to this litigation now? Yeah. Get us some, get us some more money. 
But this should scare but, the hell out of everybody that this shows you privacy is completely dead because the even, minute you walk into a place, they know who you are, whether you've told them or not. Even if Madison Square Gardens is legally in the clear on this one, though, they're being raked over the coals of of public opinion on this one. The uh, New York, the NBC uh, article that I got this from did point out that uh, restaurants and liquor licenses in New York does, in fact, require that all members of the public be admitted unless they are security threat, which means that under that, at least there is the possibility that this policy might not be legal. I mean, because they serve booze in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Interesting. Or, or food or whatever. I, I'm not exactly sure. I am certain that lots and lots of lawyers are engaged in this one, so I don't need to speculate. I'm just saying that this policy could we we could see in in a week or two, this policy suddenly getting reversed as MSG's lawyers start picking apart and going, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah, but this technology is not going away. And there was a story just a couple of weeks ago of a restaurant that canceled a reservation because they found out it was a conservative group, a church group that was coming in. And they they felt like they were endangered because of those bad religious people coming in. How long until you have your liberal restaurants with the facial recognition? Somebody walks in and they immediately, you know, go through your social media profile and like, oh, no, he's a Trumper. Do not serve. And it could the other way around is possible. Less likely because I mean, Republicans like money and conservatives like money and we'll serve anybody. You're describing the intended consequence right. of a social credit scheme. Right. It is, which is why this should scare the hell out of everybody because it's happening and it's already in place. It is happening. Yeah, it's, this is. This is social credit. This is we have decided that you're a lawyer we don't like. And that's the only reason. And therefore, it's it, it, not even your job. It, it's, you know, any reason at all. And and I know every, you know, every business has the the we reserve the right to refuse service. But right. this is this is just downright disturbing. The, the person, th- this mom just wanted to view a concert. She wasn't being disruptive. She wasn't being a danger. There really was no imminent danger of anything happening. It was just, we're being petty and we've decided we don't like you. And how many other people are on Madison Square Garden's list that they've fed into the facial recognition that is just like, oh, sorry, you paid for your ticket, but we're going to kick you out because we're douchebags and we have technology that can enforce our douchebaggery. So we might highly recommend for the first time ever getting one of those cheesy, cheap little surgical masks that don't help you prevent viruses but when you're walking into madison square garden be sure you're wearing one that is not a bad idea right because the the wearing a face mask may not do jack shit about protecting you from covid but they're actually kind of effective at protecting you from facial recognition yes that is the one thing it does really well and who knew you needed it who knew that these companies were doing this stuff I've actually seen uh, face masks. You know, you people decided to personalize by putting whatever pattern they want on the mask. I've seen face masks that have like blocks of color and stuff that are actually intended to break facial recognition. <laughs> scramble them up. Scramble them up. Yeah. Like this isn't a face. This is genitals. What the hell? What if I printed your face on a face mask and then walked in? Then what would happen? Then you'd get kicked out and wouldn't be allowed to see your concert. <laughs> That's probably true. We do not like your kind here, boy. You get out of here. 
but understand when you're walking into these venues, how much better this has gotten. And we covered this probably like three years ago when the facial recognition stuff started, where there, there was a, a pointed out that in casinos in Vegas, there's often an escalator that everybody has to ride to get to, you know, into the venue. And it's like, that's usually because that forces people to stand facing forward. And that's where they're capturing your face. So be very aware when you're out yes. and about. If, if you are getting corralled into a very narrow straight line, single file line, as you're going into a place, walk sideways, right? Or backwards, or backwards. <laughs> cover your face, <laughs> do whatever you got to do. This was a very douchey thing for Madison Square Garden to do, especially to screw with the Girl Scout troops just day out to see the Rockettes. Yeah, well, okay, seeing the Rockettes, maybe they really needed their their true day out to be screwed with. But don't like the Rockettes. There's some high kick in action there. Well, it's not a band; they're dancers. Oh, okay. Then they're a shitty band, aren't they? Yeah, I would guess they don't play much. I mean, they. I don't know. I guess it's just not a concert I would go to. I was trying to say something sarcastic. They're they're it almost really worked. the Rockettes are a bunch of pointy babes who wear cute little outfits and dance and do routines for an hour or so. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, quick hint: you can go to Pornhub and get pointy babes who do <laughs> dances and wearing whatever outfit you want. But soon they may be asking for your ID. They might. Did you have a story on that one? No, no, not except for the fact that it's going to be happy. That's the Mike Lee. Senator Mike Lee aforementioned that we talked about that nobody understands global, but they're pushing yes. for this law, which is, you know, to protect the children. And I know I oh, made yes, that one. I made a case in random thoughts, but I'll make it here again. I have an idea for a brand new law. Make it a felony for any parent to, to give a, a child lot. under the age of 18 any device that can access the Internet. I could get behind that. I, I mean, it fixes every problem. Except for the part where it's really totalitarian, right? But it fixes all the other problems. It, Kids it solves no longer a have lot access. of current problems and creates a whole mess of new ones that will just create more laws to solve because you know that slope is a never-ending. Yeah, that is the tricky problem, is it not? I think that we could solve a lot of problems if we make it a felony to make new laws. We just we, you're right. We need every year. We need to keep. We need to take like 10% of the laws off the books until we're down to like the five we need. Well, I, I know I've given this recommendation before, but uh, the, you know, this would almost take a constitutional amendment, but would be worth it is just saying all laws expire after a period of time, make it, you know, a, a decent amount of time, 10 years, 20, whatever, but all laws give all laws an expiration date by default and you cannot make one that lasts forever well it makes sense to revisit everything and re-up it yeah the result and and the the criticism i've received when i recommended this was well do you think that then you know people it'll suddenly be legal for people to get murdered i'm like well okay if the law is important like for example thou shalt not kill that's kind of an important one it's kind of been necessary for humans to live together is one of those rules people should follow if it's important then it will be renewed it just means that once every 20 years you're gonna have to revisit and look at this and go is this really still valid right so laws like hey you can't walk your goat down main street after 4 p.m 
those would probably go away. Yeah, they would, because people would either either people would explicitly look at it and go, no, this is ridiculous, or people just wouldn't think about it. You know, there are so many people looking with a microscope at every law that is passed, not just lawyers, people, you know, even people like me who are stupid and read PDFs. There are enough people looking at them that when a law is about to come up, if it's important, they're going to be people going, hey, 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 Congress, you really need to get this in on your current session. And then either Congress does something or the law wasn't that important. Those are your options. That seems to make logical sense. Now, our current Congress can't do anything because they're too busy sniping across the aisle. And maybe when a whole lot of laws start falling off the books, people will suddenly rearrange their damn priorities. Win win. The laws are too complicated. But I can dream. And you're getting another one that just has so much pork thrown into it that we're really right back at the same place we were with the uh, omnibus when Nancy Pelosi said, well, we got to pass it to see what's in it. We're right back there with yet another new bunch of crap. Well, and and how about the fact that we're basically only seeing one law per year passed now, but it's the National Defense Authorization Act and everything in the entire country is being dumped into that one. This year's NDAA was something like 45,000 pages. Is that bad? Well, it's more than you can necessarily expect people to read in the three hours that you gave them in between publishing the bill and demanding a vote. Yeah, the omnibus bill that's going through now, looking for a total of $1.7 trillion in funding. This was a representative, Dan Bishop, started a Twitter thread, which mentioned a bunch of the stuff in here, including, as I think we already mentioned, it expressly prohibits funding from being used to improve border security here in the United States. But there's $410 million for the countries of Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. So we can give money because it's important to have borders in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. But it's all about equity. Yeah. They're trying to make sure that Americans are just as poor as every other country in the world. The UN and other global multinational organizations are getting $1.4 billion out of this bill, which Ugh. is really... Uh, it's, I know what I could do with $1.4 billion, and it'd probably be a lot less harmful to the world than what the UN would do. It'd be a lot more fun, most likely. Oh, certainly. There's $3 million By allocated Canada. for a bee-friendly highway. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know. This is, this is a great thread from Representative Dan Bishop. Is that like a road where there's traffic laws that say no road rage? Because there right. are already traffic laws that say no road rage. And yet, people, well, there's also gun-free zones like every Walmart, but somehow people still bring guns into Walmart. I, I, I would never go into a Walmart if I was unarmed. He says These on places a places are scary. No kidding. On a more sinister note, he says here's at least five hundred and seventy-five million for family planning in areas where population growth quote threatens biodiversity oh he's one of those is that not is that not a little bit sinister i i mean when i say one of those i mean you know mass murderer eugenicist oh yes right yeah that seems to be i I mean if if you if you like 
if you are a fan and racist in favor of the demographic that he's supporting, you probably think that this guy's got some pretty great ideas. And the moment that the exact same ideas are switched around and used against your demographic instead, you might not like it as much. I haven't found a single eugenicist who thinks that they should be on the list of people called. Not one. Well, they're smart. <laughs> There's they th- sure think so. Three, yeah, three, well, 99% think we're 1%. One, no, it's, it's 99% think we're 1%, 100% of the time. Yes. 3.6 million earmarked for the Michelle Obama trail. Oh, <laughs> That's, uh, it was, it was questioned. I think blitzed on uh, no agenda okay. social asking exactly what that was. And I so just, I, I'm, I'm, can I speculate? Why? Well, I did. I did speculate. I posted the video to Weird Al's Nature Trail to Hell and said it would pretty much be this, I think. No, I'm thinking it's a government project and only 3.6 million. So this trail is going to be like from somebody's front door to the street. It's going to be about 60 feet long. That's because it. That's about how far, how much construction the government can do on only 3.6 million. It will be the nicest 60 feet ever of any trail. And the nice thing is you could walk it. In just a matter of seconds, it won't take the whole day. You won't get tired. You won't need a little snack. And then you can sit there and and ponder the words Michelle Obama. Yeah, well, there you go. That too. Uh, 477,000, which is nothing, for anti-racist training from the Equity Institute. It it costs $477,000 for somebody to call somebody racist if it's a government work. $3 $3 million for the LGBTQ plus museum in New York city. How much? 3 million. Oh, million. Yeah. That'll be a hell I don't of know a, why I heard billion. Well, like, yeah, that checks government spending <laughs> yeah. 1.2 million in services for DACA recipients. I mean, it's oh, just, okay. it's, it's a lot of money going out. There's no question about it. Like, sure. It's it, everybody has to get their pork in. And the fact that, you know, nobody, it's not just that they've lumped all of this together into something where they say we, you know, we have to pass this or else. Yes. But it's also that it, nobody even knows what's in it. 4,000 person. Each person knows what their personal lobbyists got in. Right. 4,155 pages. You know, if, if uh, this is advice for any Congress people who are definitely not listening to me, they should be. If you are not, given time to fully understand what's in a bill, then I don't give a crap what your party says, what your uh, local minority or majority leader says, what any vote. No on anything that you do not have time to fully understand, because if you don't, then you are a shitty representative and not, not representing your constituents. Well, it's a dereliction of duty. If you're passing yes. something that you don't is, know what's in it, then then you're not doing your job. It is a job that you not only got elected to do, you're getting paid to do a thing you're not doing. Hey, I'd like that job. I should run for office. I'd be great at politicking. I would be a single term and then everybody would be like, <laughs> oh, he voted no on everything. Uh, no, I'd be the guy. I mean, I would definitely go viral. I'd be one of those that just like stood up and wouldn't stop talking, which I mean, that's why I have a podcast or well, 8,000 <laughs> podcasts. Is, that is kind of what you do, right? I just start talking, tell everybody why they're dumb and why they're wrong and why what they're thinking is imbecilic and people don't have a tendency to 
respond to that well. I can't figure it out. I'll keep trying to figure it out, but I, I can't. Yeah. I can't figure it out. I mean, I'm right 99% of the time. My well, wife I mean, will tell you that begrudgingly. You're, you're making the case that I should be a podcaster, too, because yes. I'm right even more often than not. <laughs> See, that's it. And, I mean, And I'm really good at telling people they're imbeciles. So that 1% that I'm wrong, I mean, you'll probably be right. Uh, we're going to assume, yeah. Let's just, yeah, let's just, let's just add the numbers up here. There's an algorithm. We uh, multiply by the base and then we divide. No, yeah, that's right. That's about 100% accurate. Wait, no, 105% accurate. Wow. That's, I never could do arithmetic. Well, that's why you should get a degree. Go back to school because that would so, go well. How would how you do? This? How would you do in a liberal university today? Uh, well, I, I escaped the last one barely. <laughs> yeah. And that was way before woke. Oh, it, woke started in the liberal universities and it was there. Yeah. Well, the seed was. We, the, yeah, I, I was in a place, I was in a fraternity where we were relatively, uh, insulated from a lot of the wokeness, but I, have I ever told the story about, uh, the, the first time that I ever heard no doubt. The band the, or the, the term? Band. The band. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so at, at the fraternity house, as one of the conditions of, of being a member in good standing of fraternity row, whatever that means, uh, uh, one of the Gwen conditions Stefani? is, huh? Fap to Gwen Stefani. Oh no, we did that anyway, <laughs> but that wasn't required. It was just, it, it wasn't, we, they didn't have to require that. Uh, one of the conditions was that you have to go to uh, programs. You have to, you have to it, effectively what this was, was, uh, you know, as a condition of being a fraternity in good standing on Greek row, you had to bring some woke indoctrination into the house that normal people were getting in the dorms and everywhere else, but you weren't getting the fraternity guys because they lived all separately. And so we had to bring this in so that, we and we didn't know what woke was we didn't know but what we did know was that we had to as a fraternity had to put on a bunch of programs for our members and bring in presenters on a bunch of topics like equality like uh you know well one of the programs that we did every year because this was actually needed was uh you know telling people not to become alcoholics but well what happened with you Oh, it didn't work. So, yeah. It didn't work with most of them. In fact, <laughs> right, it, it was widely known. You know, as as an officer of the fraternity, we had to put these on, or we got kicked out of Greek Row. Whatever that meant. Considering we owned our own house, and I was more than once a proponent, being like, "These people are university shills who are trying to force things on us. We don't want. Why do we need to be in in the fraternity organization again?" But as the leaders of the fraternity, we had to put on these programs, knowing they were retarded. As a, a member. member of the fraternity, we knew it was retarded and all of the leaders of the fraternity going around saying, we have to get 40, you know, 60% of our members to go to this. Please, please, please. Can you drop the video game? Please. Can you, you know, <laughs> stop watching MTV? Please. Can you quit having sex and come watch this woke presentation? It was actually quite difficult to get people to give a crap. But one of these presentations was a feminist group on campus giving a presentation where they brought a whole bunch of people from Greek row into the room and they played, uh, just a girl. I mean, and not a you, bad you know, song. It's, it's actually a really catchy song that is, it, it has a great message that is told ironically, 
the, you know, the lyrics are, I'm just a girl. I'm just, uh, you know, a little old me. Nobody cares about me. That sort of thing. The, the, the entire song is told in an ironic way. It's Gwen Stefani saying, uh, you know, stop discounting me because I'm female. And because it was one of the biggest rock stars in the world at the time. And yes, and she was, and she definitely was not the kind of person that people just passed over, which made the song kind of ironic. And it was told kind of ironically uh, because she was also making fun of the people who, who think that their gender means that nobody will pay attention. By the way, if you've got enough big gender attributes, especially up front, then people will be paying attention. And then you can complain about that. But this feminist group played the song for us and stopped at every verse to try to berate <laughs> us as men for being such assholes that we would make this poor singer feel like she was being marginalized because she was just a girl. Wait, they were taking it seriously? They were taking the song completely seriously. And and basically, they they were just slamming all of the fraternity guys who were there going, I can't believe you would treat women this way. And like everybody knew that these, these things were bullshit, but that was a moment when I kind of, I kind of stopped and finally took notice. It was an awareness moment for me. You could almost say I woke up that there was something more sinister going on here. This wasn't just a bunch of morons taking a song too seriously. There was some kind of agenda here to make us feel terrible for things that we'd never done. Right. Because I personally have never marginalized Gwen Stefani. I mean, you'd like to, but sometimes never got the chance, but we were being blamed for doing this thing talked about in this song. And the song was, was de facto evidence that all women everywhere were being completely ignored, marginalized, disregarded, put down, uh, you know, made into second class citizens. This song was the proof that feminism everywhere is right and and that men just need to be stomped down. And this was this group taking the song and beating us over the head with it and saying, you are terrible people because you did this to Gwen Stefani. NetNet suggested you should have stood up and said, don't speak. I know just what you're saying. So please <laughs> stop explaining. Don't tell me because it hurts. I was too busy walking through spider webs. Right. That's a hell of a band, too. I tell you. <laughs> they mix a little I bit of I think all Scott. three of those songs are from the same album. A little bit of rock. Oh, that was a good album. No, oh, it was a huge album. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> and then you try to use that to be like, well, let's, let's try to take a snapshot of where we are as a society. And it's just that people are so tone deaf and so not self-aware that you're like, do you, do you understand the tongue in cheek method, uh, what she's using here? No, no. I just look at the words and I don't understand any, anything else. This is the problem today. It's, everything's yeah, black and white. Absolutely. No nuance by the people putting on this presentation. No. Well, this is why in Stanford now they say, well, don't use the term American use U S citizen, which I was like, wait a minute. That's very racist. So <laughs> you're admitting that the people that are here illegally that aren't U.S. citizens are not Americans. Congratulations, Stanford. It's it's funny how 
if you move far enough left along the spectrum, you can wrap all the way around sometimes. Well, it is. There's no question about it because they don't even understand what they're doing or what they want or where they're going or how far. Then it's like, well, this is too far. It's the whole concept of free speech to go. Well, you do realize when you start even a little bit taking that away, you're on a very slippery slope, as they say. One of the things that was listed in the Stanford guide this year, they had like created a whole new group on campus because of like problematic language. And one of them was, well, think before using terms like beating a dead horse because it normalizes violence against animals. Literally, that's what this thing that they put out said. So so what you should really do, because they always need to offer recommendations for what you can say instead. Right. Is it's not dead horse. It's beating a woke liberal. Yes. See, there you go. That would be better. That would be way better. But more of this stuff. In like, fact, don't just say it. Do it. Don't call somebody incarcerated. Say they're, it's a person experiencing incarceration. I, I'm not recommending violence, but uh, you, I do you, remember. I am. I mean, a I'm few, not a few years ago when. It. When the the leftists glommed onto the term punch a Nazi right. and were actually going out. And if they ever saw somebody they they identified as conservative would Wearing just a punch him in the hat. face. Right. I, well, yeah, they, there was like the 20 something year old two of them broads that took like a 10 year old kid's MAGA hat and, you know, destroyed it. It's like, oh, yeah, you're real big. Yeah. And at the time when Punch a Nazi was getting really big, I, I was still active on Reddit, uh, which I, I have to apologize for yet again. But they were celebrating it. They were there were whole threads that would put up a video of some dude like wearing either a Trump button or a MAGA hat or something. And a bunch of masked Antifa fuckers come out. And just attack him on the street for no reason and cause real physical harm. Like put him in the hospital and there's a video documenting the whole thing. And these people are proud of it. They're like, yeah, that guy totally deserved it. Yeah, we really, you know, you really got him good. And and the only thing he did was wear a, a mega hat. And like, this is the people who are voting today. Yes. This is how we got where we are. This is how you lost any kind of debate because it's not about having any kind of debate. You can't because it's the other side is literally Hitler. That's it. There's that. I mean, bad. they're kind of acting like it. Yeah. Well, the, but they, it's funny that the people acting like Hitler are claiming the other side is Hitler. Speaking of being non-self-aware. Well, of course, because the, because the people doing this, the, the type of people who go out and and glom on to the the socialist communist ideology and the only thing they know is what their milieu has taught them there is zero historical awareness they don't know anything about hitler other than hitler was bad uh hitler was somehow involved in world war ii and he killed a bunch of jews and we like jews except when we don't but right now we do and they made a game called Secret Hitler, and they know that you could play that. I mean, that there there are a, a, a huge number of people for whom Hitler is not a person in a place in in context with who took certain actions and did. No, it is a placeholder for things we hate. It's just like racism. It's we don't like this and therefore we're going to call it a name. And Hitler is one of the names in the toolbox of things to call people that you don't like. That is 
literally the extent of the context for the people who are going out and calling you Hitler for not wanting to wear a mask. Well, yeah, nobody has the reasoning or the rationale behind their beliefs. And that's how you know to extricate yourself from any kind of discussion or argument quickly is if you kind of raise a question and you can just see that there's the blankness that they have no idea. They know they're angry, but you're never going to be able to have a conversation with people who they they know they're angry because they've been told they should be angry. And therefore they, you know, lead with the emotion. You know, I'm, I'm slightly unsatisfied because I told, I'm told I need to be, and therefore tell me what I need to be angry at and I'll lash out against it. Yeah. That's the world you live in. And you're right. These are the people that are voting now. And that is why it's really horrifying that we have politicians in the United States who are like, yeah, let's, let's lower the uh, voting age to 16. And then maybe we can bring it down to like 11 or 12. Sure. Because that is the emotional maturity required to be able to vote for Democrats these days. Right. Because once you hit, like, you know, I've said this before, it's like Taylor Swift just turned 33. I'm like, by the time she's 40, if she's not a Republican, I'll eat my hat. What, what, once you reach a point of emotional maturity and self-responsibility, then you pretty much have to change your vote. The, <laughs> that It's the only if, thing that makes sense if, if, if you are paying attention. If you're 33 and still a leftard, then really what it means is that you've had a very sheltered life and never been forced to mature in any way. Well, with Taylor, I think Kid Rock was 100% right. Two years ago, I looked this up because I remember him saying it. Two years ago, he said that Taylor Swift, because she had been very, very much like Michael Jordan, very smart and not being political, even though she was one of the biggest personalities on the planet. And she finally came out. I, I on can the respect left. people who do that in, in this day and age. Yes, it's hard. It's not easy, but I definitely respect the people who can do that. So when she finally came out on the left, Kid Rock made a very vulgar comment that she was just, you know, sucking the dick of Hollywood because she yeah. wants to make movies. And here we are Sounds two right. years later and it's, oh, Taylor Swift to make her directorial debut. And it's like, oh, he was absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> this is why. Which means it'll be interesting once she gets to her movie or whatever she's got made, then you could go back to being honest. Maybe we'll see. Did, did you hear that AOC made a movie? <laughs> no. Is it uh, topless? <laughs> that, that might be worth watching. Right, right. It's like, well, I'm getting, she, I'm not, I don't like her politics, lines. but woo. Yeah. As long as she doesn't have any lines, I could, I could almost get behind that. It would have to be subtitled in. Do we just I don't know. Actually, I know nothing about this movie other than I've seen memes who were gloating about. Apparently, I don't even know if she made it. I'm sure it was some documentarian, but she figured prominently in a movie trying to explain to us that climate change is going to destroy everything. And the, the only thing that I know, and again, everything that I really know, I learned from memes, which are a great source of news, but not very accurate. They don't have to be accurate. They're a great source was that this movie documentary whatever came out and was released and uh only something like less than 100 people bought it well when you're a socialist or communist nobody buys this stuff no they just want it for free yes i want everything for free i have absolutely nothing to back up the information even the idea that aoc was in a movie i have absolutely nothing to back this up only that I saw some memes that said she was in a movie and her movie failed and bombed horribly and the memes were gloating. Much and like Avatar me... 2? Okay, Avatar 2, yeah. 
Which has killed as many people as uh, Alec Baldwin now. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He just can't catch a break. He shoots people and people hold him responsible for it. I mean, how dare they? Yeah, he he's on the left for a reason. That's not supposed to happen. I know. People aren't supposed to be held responsible. He's a method actor. A meth actor? Yeah, that too. That too. I didn't even realize Avatar was a Disney thing. I guess I should have because I know they have like an Avatar ride. Well, let's see. Uh, the budget is way, way too big. And the movie flopped, but they pumped enough money in to get people to go anyway in marketing. Um, I mean, sounds very Disney to me. Except that the end result it's is not horrible original. failure. It's not original. They're just copying somebody's prior work. Well, is, they did that Avatar one, two. Yeah, James Cameron. Yes. Yeah. Who's who? So Avatar two, they're just copying James Cameron's prior work. Well, and I know that there were people which just I, I shouldn't say it surprised me because I do understand in this day and age that people are very out of touch with reality because there was an article maybe we even covered it i feel uh, like after this conversation i'm very out of touch with hollywood it could be remember a few I'm months okay ago that. there was a whole thing on how people that saw avatar were then clinically depressed afterwards because they realized they would never be able to live in that great world that avatar created there were literally what? a bunch of people that were clinically depressed because they saw avatar and realized their life was never going to be as good so, as avatar so we're back to people are immature children yes but that's the beauty of avatar 2 sucking eggs because now they can go see that and be like well that sucked and then maybe those people <laughs> could be back oh. okay so you're saying by putting out a crappy movie james cameron is helping people heal yes. from the damage he caused before it may very well be yes that logic is just twisted enough to entertain me it might work it would, you never know I'm just like, well, I've never seen it, so I can't tell you what a great world I it was. I saw it. I saw Avatar, the first one. I, I think I rented a DVD or something, and it it was okay. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, and, and the thing that I noted the most about it was when the movie came out, it had an unearthly level of hype. Oh, yeah. And they were they were definitely making it clear that this was going to be the first in a long series of movies that all take place in this beautiful universe that was being created. And I think Avatar 2 is the second time we've ever seen that universe. And it's been a while, yeah. I'm a little surprised Disney even bothered to greenlight the project because Disney purchased a universe that actually did what that one was supposed to when they bought Marvel. Well, and the Star Wars universe. And, and Star Wars, which did, in fact, have, well, back in the day, Star Wars had a lot of loyal fans. And then they put out episodes one, two and three. And yeah, and a, a and lot of the fans went, wait, what? And then seven, they put eight, out episodes nine. seven, eight, nine. And now they have no fans. Because they took everything that was good about it and destroyed it. <laughs> because they're and so they, again, they're, it's this concept that. We have to take this beloved universe and cram our idiotic political aspirations into it and, and put it into a vice and squeeze out all everything that you can get in the form of dollars. And then because this has nothing to do with dollars, it, it's just the Hollywood milieu. They don't know how to not do woke. They, they have lost the ability 
to make a compelling story that isn't full of their milieu's ideology. Yes, they don't understand how to create a story that might make people think. One of the one of the biggest television shows that occurred early in my life, so even maybe before you were born, was All in the Family. Ran in reruns forever with Carol O'Connor as Archie Bunker. Who was I've definitely heard of it. I don't know if I've ever seen an episode. Archie Bunker was one of the biggest racist, stuck in his ways guys. And you can't so a Democrat. Right. But so you can't have those characters today. They won't allow that kind of story to be told, but it's like, don't you realize by showing, by showing the racist, you know, closed minded guy in as a character in a show, people got to make, this is where the difference was back then you were hoping that people would go, wow, I don't want to be like that. That guy's a dick. Now they're so afraid, like, oh my God, if somebody sees that, they might think that way too. So the difference there is that back in the day you would show somebody something with the assumption they are going to make up their own mind and you're trying to show them the right thing to convince them to go the right way because you know even then we had propaganda but today you do not want people to make up their own mind media today which is very different from media in the 70s media today is all about telling you what you have to think Spoon feed, yeah. And if you don't think this way, you are a terrible, horrible human being, and you want to be a good human being, don't you? So you have to think this way, which was very different from showing somebody here, you know, here's a character with these attributes we don't like, and then making them the butt of every joke, which is what, you know, propaganda used to be. It's here, here's what you could be. You don't want to be this. When you make your decision, keep this in mind. And now it's don't make your decision. If you make your own decision, you're terrible. Yes. And we can't even show you the way people are because we're afraid you might emulate and think it's cool. I guess. I mean, if you had a movie or a television show that had a racist character, the fact that they won't even let that happen anymore, they won't let those characters exist. It's like, well, you're now doing yourself a disservice, but they can't see it because as we talked about, they're they're just so far into their ideology that they don't understand what pretending you can wipe it off the face of the earth doesn't mean it's true. Pretending you can get a system that will keep people from watching porn on the internet doesn't mean it's true. People aren't dealing with reality. They're dealing with, wow, this would be great if we lived in avatar world and we could control all of the physics of the world, but you can't. I made an interesting realization about my watching tendencies. uh, Like I don't watch new stuff. I, you know, for one thing, I don't have cable. I mean, technically, I guess I do on account of you, the deal that we have. But, right. you know, we have a the cable deal of box. having cable. Yeah, we have a cable box, but I don't think it's been plugged in in two years. I even stopped watching football after the NFL went woke, which was a big change for me. But what I realized, and I still watch things on streaming services, but here's what I watch now. Uh, like currently watching uh, a Stargate uh, SG-1, Stargate Atlantis. Is that like um, the original one? Uh, well, Stargate SG one was the the TV series that was spun off from the the Roland Emmerich movie. That but, was the one with like MacGyver in it. Yeah, it had MacGyver in it. 
I mean, Richard Dean Anderson, but yes, MacGyver. <laughs> Everybody's like, in fact, no, it's in actually fact, MacGyver. You can tell, one of the things that really hooked me on the series, other than my brother kept pushing me to get watch it, but it, the very pilot episode, the first one where they, you know, in, in the movie, it was uh, Kurt Russell played the part of, of Jack O'Neill, as a matter of fact. Ah, good uh, O'Neill. Yeah, that's a good name. Uh, Kurt Russell played that part. And then in the spinoff, they had Richard Dean Anderson come in and and take over the same role and they're just like hey we're switching actors because it's a series and and you know kurt russell's too big a star to right. do a series He's too expensive and frankly uh richard dean anderson did great with that part but he went in too many seasons but the very first episode they had a throwaway line where uh you know uh richard dean anderson in this one plays uh jack o'neill who is not particularly technically competent but is an incredible leader and a good fighter and then they have technical people on it, on the team that he always defers to. And uh, there's some point where he something breaks right in front of him. And they say, well, can you fix it? And he says, N- do, do I look like MacGyver? Nice. Something, and he, he put that throwaway joke. They, the writers put that into the pilot of the show because that, they wanted to set the tone. And it, it did. It set the tone for, you know, we're going to have a lot of throwaway in jokes, but it's great sci-fi anyway. But I'm watching Stargate. I'm watching. I, I just finished watching Babylon Five. Uh, I just finished watching Eureka. Um, you know, a, a bunch of shows that were like sci-fi level shows or sci-fi network shows. But what I realized about all the shows that I've been watching is that not only are they kind of older, like 10, 15 years, but not one of them was filmed in California. Most of these were filmed in British Columbia. And you know, I realized this as, you know, Stargate, especially early on, was kind of a low budget show. If, if you're not familiar with the show, they have a magic ring that creates a wormhole that connects to other Stargates on various planets. So, so like sliders, but with control, but with some control. <laughs> I mean, not as much control as they'd like, but yes, a lot like that. So they visit. It's not other Earths. It's actually other planets uh, all over the Milky Way galaxy. And. They so early on the first several seasons were uh, a, a episode of the week. They were very episodic, where you'd go to some other planet and you'd have an adventure, and then you'd come back at the end of the episode, and so on. After a while, it became a soap opera, whatever. But the thing I noticed and and picked up on it took me longer to pick up on it than it should have was that every single planet, because of low budget, looked like exactly the same clearing where they would put different set pieces but if you look in the background they're all the same grass the same conifers there was several episodes on different planets that all had the same road in the background little gravel road coming up in front of a bunch of trees and the reason it took me too long is because they're exactly the same kind of trees that i see when i look outside the window here they're uh there are uh you know a lot of evergreen trees uh a lot of uh firs and cedars because all of this was filmed in the Fraser Valley in BC, which is only a couple hours north of here. And then I started seeing it on Eureka. I was like, that looks like the same clearing or at the very least, it looks like it's exactly the same trees. It's exactly the same grass. It's the same weather. All of these things, they have a lot of outdoor shots with overcast skies. How often does that happen in California? Then I see it in Warehouse 13. I'm like, that's the same clearing. And I realized all of these, well, they're, they're all, I mean, I was fascinated. They're all filmed in the Fraser Valley. Okay, fine. I mean, low budget, 
probably the same, probably the same studio lot. Fine. I'm okay with that. But what I realized about it and the point I was trying to get to is none of them were filmed in Hollywood. None of them were filmed in California. And these are the shows I want to watch. That makes sense. Less chance of being woke. But it's been a long time since I've seen sliders. I might have to put that back on the list. I had some sliders the other day. <laughs> we, uh, you, you put like garlic butter on the top and put them in the oven for a while. And anyway, that makes sorry. it great. But sliders, if I remember, was kind of a little tongue in cheek. And I'm wondering with the Richard Dean oh, yeah. Anderson line, did he turn to the camera and smile when he's like, what do I look like? MacGyver. Then do one of like the, where you're expecting the tooth to like sparkle, you know, kind of a thing. Smile. That would have been the way I would have seen it. But um, sliders was uh, pretty good. Now, if you watch sliders and you, I mean, you're in one of the two camps. You're either in the Sabrina Lloyd camp or the Kari Wurrer camp because, you know, they had to, uh, oh, they got Curry rid of the, all the way. Yeah. Right. I was like, it's not even close. Sabrina no, Lloyd really. was great in oh, I liked sports it, night, but I, I, she was easy to look at. I think Kari Wurrer did a better job. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting show. I need to go back and watch that because oh, new shows suck. So we keep looking for new old shows to be like, Oh, it's yeah. been a while since I've seen Sir, that. Servo is also recommending Travelers. I can recommend that as well. I really, really enjoyed the show. Um, I'm not sure that uh, I particularly like the the lead on that show. It was uh, what Eric McCormick, who was uh, oh was Will Will and, Will and Grace, Will and Grace, yeah. And he never really got away from being Will. And more importantly, he. I don't know. You know what? You, you, I recommend you watch it anyway, because the writing is good. The story is great. And it, again, is one of those shows that's very clearly filmed in BC. <laughs> and as we've talked about, most actors today just keep playing themselves. Most actors are not Hugh Laurie. So, yeah, that is that is a problem. But so I did, in fact, bring one more very technical story. And by very technical, I mean, it has to do with Microsoft. Oh, your favorite company on the face of the earth. And this one, uh, which I, I, the link I'm going to drop in the show notes is from support.microsoft.com. But, uh, um, windows update is now carbon aware. Did you know this? No, is it's this windows update in AI? No, no, no. Windows update is now aware of when you are we we've had stories i know i've had stories on atn about this where a lot of companies are trying to defer some of their process a lot of software is trying to defer some of their processing to times of day when the energy is more green whatever that means yeah sure well windows update windows now has a feature where they are Connecting to the internet to download regional carbon intensity data <laughs> in order that uh, a Windows update can only run when it is operating on green power. And in the Windows control panel, there is now the text Windows update is committed to helping reduce carbon emissions. Uh, by the way, if you actually wanted to reduce carbon emissions from your computer, you'd shut the damn thing off once in a while. Just throwing that out there. Not something Microsoft is going to propose because they want you online 24 seven to be part of their botnet. But the feature is on by default. However, Microsoft does point out you can always bypass this and choose to install updates immediately. 
first question I had was, how about never? Is, is, is does never work for you? Can we can we just set that? Oh, no, it's Windows 11. They're not really willing to let you do that. But the thing about this that it, let's let's put aside that it uses the same amount of power no matter what. Yes, we're magically trying to change. Like there's a difference between the power when you're running at peak time and power in the middle of the night. Uh, the, the power generation might be a little bit different. Like at peak time, they have to turn on natural gas and stuff like that. But, you know, in, in, in the middle of the night, that's when all the solar panels are providing the most. Right. They're, they're just but, clicking along in the dark. Yes. But, okay, let, let's put aside the the sheer, utter hypocrisy and idiocy of saying, oh, we're going to run this. What, you know, when, okay, let's. Let's not put it aside. I'm going to point out some of the stupid things about this. First of all, Windows Update doesn't take all that much more power than just running your damn computer. Uh, well, the computer is running either way. Yeah, the computer is running. If you know, if you leave your computer on 24 seven, I mean, then, we're supposed to believe it's ramping up your CPU to the point that it's using more power. Well, you know, if you still use a, a spinny spindle drive, then the drive uses a lot more power when you're downloading because it's writing and moving the drive head and okay, whatever, except those spindle drives don't use very much. And also almost everything today is an SSD, which if it has power, it's using the same amount, no matter what. Okay. That's gone. Uh, your CPU increases power usage a little bit, but downloading is not CPU intensive. It's network intensive. Okay. Your network card is sending out a lot of, you know, evil Wi-Fi rays causing cancer or whatever it is that they say they do. Mm, that that does uses like milliwatts. Um, Windows Update does not cause a huge increase in power consumption. This is virtue signaling in the extreme. This is Microsoft coming out and saying, well, we've got this database of regional carbon intensity data. What can we do with it? Right. We can we can make the world a better place. But that is the thing that I picked on as, as what, what is this? What is regional carbon intensity data? And I had to dig in on what the hell is carbon intensity? First of all, yeah, we're, that we're, is, that is a new term by me. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's uh, a lot of a double talk uh, marketing speak in here. Oh, it is. But carbon intensity is actually a term that has been coined by some think tank that wants to be a standards agency. Um, I found a helpful article that actually came from nationalgrid.com, which is a, a UK energy supply people, but they had some very helpful information trying to explain all these new woke terms, uh, including what is carbon intensity. Their opening sentence of this article said, understanding carbon intensity is a win-win for everyone. <laughs> like it didn't make me win at all. I don't feel like I'm winning here. In fact, I think I'd be a lot happier if I didn't understand carbon intensity, but whatever. It goes on to say, not only will it help us to eliminate greenhouse gases from our atmosphere, but it can also save us money on our energy bills. What? Where? In that magical place like the UK, where solar is somehow has a lower levelized cost of energy than natural gas or hydro? What? Where, where does this save us money by going to all wind power? Nowhere. They, they help us eliminate greenhouse gases from our atmosphere. There, there's plenty of information 
that that is of course being suppressed that greenhouse gases are not really the problem that it says but okay you know i can even get if you're using solar and not coal that you're not creating as much greenhouse gases i'll give you that even the term greenhouse gases annoys me but whatever but help us save money on our energy bills i they're no solar is not cheaper per kilowatt hour wind is crazy expensive per kilowatt hour especially when you start to account for the energy that goes into producing these things and then the energy that goes into dismantling them and god help you if you try to recycle it but but like you said it sounds good yeah um they say uh they do point out or claim that renewable energy sources are relatively cheap to run and maintain and this is reflected in our energy bills so that's where they come up with cheaper because they're not counting the cost to build them, the cost to install, the, the amount of land required, the capital investment. They're not counting any of that, just the cost to run and maintain. The marginal cost to run and maintain per hour, not bad. Now, per energy generated, still crap, but that's not what they're talking about. Okay. Anyway, National Grid does point out in the article, too, that they have an app which tells you what time of day you should use energy if you want to be green. So you can install that if you need. <laughs> Yeah, in the middle of the night. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, and by the way, if you want to save a little bit of energy, you can have just as much of an impact by uninstalling the stupid apps that do this sort of thing. Well, right, because that's taking even more power to run the apps. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't you understand that, everybody? Don't you understand what's going on here? The other thing that I found when searching for carbon intensity was a rating system by an organization called MARPOL, which uh, M-A-R-P-O-L, which is all in caps and and feels very, very official, but is really just a, an environmental standards group that that gave themselves that name. But they have some pull because the EPA is now going to be enforcing MARPOL Annex 6 in 2023. Oh, what about Annex 5? What happened to that? I imagine those are already being enforced, but Marpole Annex 6 is a system that rates cargo ships based on their carbon intensity, which is the, the best definition I found for carbon intensity, by the way, is effectively amount of bad carbon things produced per kilowatt hour when you're generating power, which I will give them credit is at least that is a metric. That is a measurement. It can be measured. It can't I mean, not easily because it's really, really hard to measure carbon produced, but, but that is a number that has some basis in science. Carbon produced and kilowatt hours are real, real numbers. They are real measurements. You can put numbers to, and um, I'll give them credit for at least having accidentally glanced near science but nothing else about this makes any sense but what marpole annex 6 is trying to recommend is and and i think the epa is on board to start uh pushing this at least i found an article i couldn't find evidence in the epa i don't know there there might be more research needed but here's what it does it rates all cargo imported into a country based on the carbon intensity of the ship that carried that cargo. 
So if you order something from Amazon and it gets shipped across to China by a ship that spews awful diesel into the air, then there are going to be higher tariffs on that good eventually. Right now, it's just a rating system, but you know that this will be used for, for tariffs, for tacking on prices, for raising taxes, etc. But if somehow they get a cargo ship that ships it from China and that cargo ship runs on solar, then theoretically, they'll have a much better MARPOL rating and will therefore have lower tariffs and lower taxes. This is, this is a great scheme. It is. And you know what you just had right there? Uh, a, a moment when you stepped away? You just got hit with a BEM rant. Oh. <laughs> I paused a few times going, did he, did he just BEM rose me? No, I was sitting here just like, well, I got nothing. I got nothing because okay. it's that convoluted, which is the world we have. I was going to well, also... The, the- I was also going to say that uh, NetNet had a great idea for Windows to alleviate this problem. Start installing cranks on the side of PC cases. You have to crank for updates. You actually generate the power. It'll be in the show notes. The crank is whoever wrote this blog post. (laughs) That's probably 100% true. That is 100% true. But so, yeah, uh, the, the, I went down a weird rabbit hole and couldn't find a lot of evidence. But uh, what I predict is as a result of this carbon intensity and this Marpole annex that is being adopted, um, we are going to see the price of goods change based on how much carbon the ships produced. And they do this because they rightly recognize that cargo ships put a lot of soot into the atmosphere and they want to force them. But cargo ships operate primarily in international waters and tend to be registered in places that don't have awful regulations like this. So they can't do much. Well, now they're finding a way to try to incentivize people to make their ships less efficient. Well, and punish people who don't do what they want. Yes, because, you know, by the way, uh, the ships that run on green energy are going to have lower tariffs on their goods, but higher total cost of running the ship because the fuel isn't efficient. Right. And so the costs are going to go up for, for the energy efficient ships. The costs will go up because, or for the, the green ships, the costs will go up because they're energy inefficient for the energy efficient ships. The costs will go up because they'll slap higher tariffs. So really like everything government does, the cost of goods is going to go up either way. You're going to pay more. Now which, you can either, which is can, the theme, but some people will be like, Oh, don't you, Hey Ryan, don't you feel good paying twice what you used to for your food? Because you're helping the planet. Don't you no, feel I good? feel hungry. Don't you feel good? You're like, no, it's now I'm starving because I can't afford food and my rent because somebody screwed up the planet. Oh, we're going to save it from global warming. They have no idea. No idea. Yeah. I always loved the meme. The, was a picture of Karl Marx said, uh, or not, not Karl Marx of Joseph Stalin said, uh, dark humor is like food. Not everyone gets it. (laughs) And with that, we are a value for value podcast here on grumpy old Ben's. And we hope that when you go to grumpy old slash donate, you do in fact get the donate page. I haven't had anybody else tell me they don't. So we'll continue following that, but we do have a few people to thank for today's show. 
including coming in in the old snail mail route with a little note that just said in the season, along with the unmistakable sealing wax of a no agenda night ring from Vox. Vox did, did the wax actually come from the ceiling? Do you have confirmation of this? I think it did. I'll have to ask Vox, make sure she took it from her ceiling and then melted it down and then put it onto the piece of paper. But Vox was nice enough to one, uh, send in a nice donation for random thoughts, but also for grumpy old Ben's came in with a hundred bucks for grumpy old Ben's via the old snail mail check and no note except in the, uh, in the season. So, I mean, we need to just, let everybody know that Fox has a podcast as well, which they can listen to. Complex Candor. Complexcandor.com. Where, where she talks philosophy with her co-host, Sam, who is a very smart person that doesn't understand that the letter T is, in fact, in certain words, like important. <laughs> oh, he, he's, a, he's a tea dropper. He is a tea dropper for sure. And I've given the feedback to Vox. I'm like, this makes him sound a little dumb. And she says, I've been over that with him. Okay. You know what? But- well, what she should do is hook him up with our buddy, Jeff from the no agenda tea club. And he can get him some tea, extra tea. Oh. So you don't have to drop. Oh, I, the tea. I thought you, I thought you meant our buddy, Jeff, who, who thinks that podcasts that aren't creative commons are not worth listening to. No, he's a different Jeff. Oh, okay. And, too uh, many Jeffs. Yes. Way too many Jeffs and coming in with the boobs donation 8008 stevie i believe the same stevie that's been along the patreon thing for a long time steve edwards coming in no note there either but we uh, we appreciate the big boobs our buddy net net boobs yes yes net net came in right as the show started today with the magic donation of 33 dollars says merry christmas ben's hope your holidays are a little less grumpy why would you wish that why why what? No, we need the show content. We need we need to be extra grumpy. If our families don't completely piss us off, what are we going to talk about next Wednesday? Right? I, yeah. Well, my family. Uh, well, they don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> so it's, so it's, it, it turns out that the amount of the amount of entertainment you can get by pissing off family members is, in fact, finite because at some point they just stop interacting with you. Yeah. But sometimes that's better, depending on the family members. But I digress. The, the only one who'll still talk to me is Bemlet. And and what he usually does is rants into Discord. And then I, I record it and drop it at the end of Angry Tech News. Oh, so that's like extra content for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you ever listen to Angry Tech News, definitely listen to the very end of the closing jingle. Because every once in a while, the track doesn't end. <laughs> you know, I've always thought, I mean, because it would be fun when the shows run, especially on the No Agenda stream. I've thought of doing that, like putting together something funny that makes it sound like Nick the Rat was saying something horrible and just adding it to the end of my episode because it would just run on the stream and then there would be Nick's voice and people would be like, what? Oh, and then you could you could blame Nick for saying something really controversial. Yes. This is like swatting other podcasters. Yes. Do not do not take any advice from this show. That's the advice I'm Unless giving it's you. Stock advice. Right. That would we we are great in the stock market, let me tell you. Anastasia yes. Treckles comes in with her 1010 monthly donation. That is always appreciated. Curtis Peterson with five bucks. I believe that's monthly. And we just got another boostergram this time. 6969 Satoshi's from NA Millennial who says, fuck all Jeffs. Which, I mean, 
that's all. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's it's a sentiment. Yeah. I mean, if you're named Jeff out there and like to speak to the NA millennial, just I'm go just over saying that there there are probably some Jeffs out there that are a little bit too, uh, you know, fat and hairy and male but not your for strength. me to be interested. You're only interested in the female Jeffs. Yeah. If, if there are female Jeffs who are pointy, I might take the advice. Seems uh, legit. Boostograms are always open when we're doing the shows. If you don't know what that means. It is a form of cryptocurrency that moves around magically. Just go to new podcast apps or nude podcast apps.com. You'll find out all of the information. And Has anybody if, picked up naked podcast apps.com? That seems like the next logical step. It doesn't rhyme though. It's different. And, and yet I can see people using it. Probably just like I can see them using no agenda shop.com and no agenda store.com. I own one of those and the other one is not mine. And the other one is a useful website. Yes. And the other one actually does a lot more merchandise. I did get my mugs for the rock and roll pre-show and they look 99% good, but it's quite obvious that it is a black mug that had a, the printing put onto a transparent material and then put onto the mug and then coated over. Meaning you can tell oh. there's an area that's slightly not so as it's black. Raised. Yes. And it's not slightly as black if you look at the right angle, like you're looking through yeah. a piece of tape. Oh, so it's like a rectangular cover yes. that, oh, uh, yes. okay. which overall wasn't, I mean, it wasn't for the 12 bucks or whatever they cost at Costco, but I'm going to see maybe if, uh, if the no agenda shop, I know they do mugs. I want to know if they can do smaller runs or what they do because they may be able to give us a a better overall product on that. But, you know, that's what you get when you send them into Costco. But if you want to help support this show, go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. There are plenty of ways you can do it, including the PayPal button, QR codes, wallet addresses for crypto, the P.O. box address like Vox used. And uh, then, of course, you can go to patreon.com, grumpyoldbenz. If you're on Patreon, you can stream us some Satoshis. It all works. And it is all very much appreciated to keep the microphones humming and everything going along well it is uh, the way it works the value for value method is real but if you don't give any value back sometimes the value disappears so it's a symbiotic relationship people yes or as, as adam always says time talent and treasure but but you don't have much time and we don't have that much talent so really treasure is <laughs> where it's at the treasure works really well I mean, it was very cool for the first time that uh, Planet Rage this past week on Monday, we were kind of talking, you know, the Christmas special kind of thing there. And uh, Kenny Ben came up with our the, like Earth logo that's on there, but added a Santa hat to it. It's like this is the first time somebody's actually submitted artwork to one of my shows that we used. I'm like, that's a great idea. So if people want to do art, feel free, except then, you know, they're. CSB is doing the AI angry Santa Claus art and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of scary. <laughs> we like AI the, art is always kind of scary. It is. It's always when, just a little when bit it's off not, when it's not living in the uncanny Valley. It's, you know, some of it is just outright horrifying. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want that. You don't want that. But what is your, you got good plans for the holidays. I mean, I know we do the wife's family uh, thing on Christmas Eve. 
And then my family. Well, I, just, Christmas I just finished Day. telling you that my family doesn't speak to me. Right. But I mean, are you going to be in the same place when you're not speaking to them or do they just make you stay at home and your wife goes and visits with them? Uh, and we are expecting uh, an event on New Year's weekend uh, over with Bemla's family. An event. This but sounds like maybe a mass shooting in the see, works. Bem- or- Bemlet married into a very large family that does lots and lots of events. And so uh, he primacy for him is always with the in-laws. And that's fine because I'm not nearly as interesting as all of them. Or maybe I'm a lot more interesting, but also the, the kind problem. of person you don't invite to dinners. Right. But so um, Christmas Day is almost certainly going to be Lisa and I and the cats celebrating something tasty. Uh, you know, something I didn't mention last show, uh, we took uh, we took delivery of a quarter cow from a local farm in the Skagit Valley. Had It, it was it was funny because uh, on No Agenda Social, um, uh, Sir Farm Slave saw the picture that I posted of it and said, uh, you know, hey, if you guys are going to use that butcher, then next year, come talk to us and we can get you some really good grass fed stuff. And I had completely forgotten because I knew Farm Slave was in Washington, but I didn't realize it was on Whidbey Island, which is, as the crow flies, like 15, 20 miles from here. So, dude, you're buying your cow from the wrong guy? Well, I'm, I'm quite happy with the, the people we got our cow from. You can't beat their meat? I, I, I will do that after we're off of the microphone. Wow, Thank this you. is like the first time you've ever been thrown off by a statement. No, no. I... I ran out of coffee about an hour ago. Well, anyway, there there are machines that will make more of that. So we have a uh, prime rib that we got from this quarter cow that we are going to cook up and make ourselves a real meal and have Christmas in. And then sometime in the week following, we're going to go do Christmas with family. That sounds delightful. We did order a uh, and it's way too much because. There was like the minimum size for the beef tenderloin. So for my wife, myself, and my parents, we got a six-pound beef tenderloin, and uh, there's going to be meat for a while. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very very pleased with the sheer amount of meat that we got. Although I I should have expected what I didn't expect was the amount of hamburger that we got. We got something like fifty pounds of. ground beef that's and, a lot uh, of ground beef dude and they're all in in little one pound sausage looking tubes but we're gonna have to get real creative to figure out how to use ground beef because that's gonna be a lot of meals yeah that is you can only freeze so much you got like four freezers there what do you got going on oh we got a big freezer, like a full-on uh well i wouldn't call it a walk-in freezer unless you're claustrophobic but it's the size of a full fridge unit downstairs nice and uh, we could fit a lot more than the quarter cow we got. We probably could fit. I don't know if a full cow would go in, but um, we could fit a lot of meat. We just can't really pay for a lot of meat at this point. See, Brooklyn's like tacos, meatloaf. We know there's things you can make. Yeah, there are with things meat, you can do, but you have to make it. But we're uh, trying. Well, just just last night, I I browned up some, added a ton of taco seasoning, and then had it on a salad. Nice. It's like, why not? And I will be reporting back because normally we just got the regular non like even graded. The grocery store here has like their own great beef tenderloin that back, there were times in the past 
when it was like seven ninety nine a pound. So it was like dirt cheap, but it was always like really good. And this year, my mom, you know, getting older, once you hit like in your eighties, ah, order the good stuff. Let's see if, let's see how different it is. Or so that we, she ordered the stuff that's like 30 bucks a pound from the, the meat company here. So we'll, we'll see if the difference is, I'm guessing it'll be discernible between the, uh, the one, as long as I don't screw it up. Cause I'm the one that does the cooking. So God help us all. Almost every time there's smoke detectors going off. This is usually oh, yeah. this is usually Friday talk over at uh, Unrelenting. Somehow we always get on meat and cooking. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to do that. But we uh, do I will the, say though, um, a, a potential solution to the smoke detector problem is what I did in, turn them in off. my last apartment. Bemlet was there for it. Was uh, um, I had a pan that every time the smoke detector went off in the kitchen, I'd hit it. And at some point, I broke the mounting, and so <laughs> it was hanging from the ceiling by the wires. And Bemlet was over and the thing went off while we were cooking. I don't know what. And I was, there may have been a little bit of alcohol involved, but I got tired of this thing. And I kind of went up and straight on full arm volleyball served this thing off the ceiling and it hit the far wall and shut up. Took care of the problem. Yeah. And uh, for the remainder of my time in that apartment, there were a couple of wires sticking out of a hole in the ceiling, (laughs) but the, uh, no the, smoke detector the kitchen never set the smoke detector off again and you didn't die in a fire so that's a plus we did not but they want you to like brown you know and you want to sear the outside of a six pound tenderloin it's like it's going to cause some smoke oh yeah it's my uh, my my method for uh uh steaks i guess yeah well you gotta you I, gotta do a quick got uh, a lot sear. of steaks my yeah my favorite way to do that is get a cast iron frying pan, put oil in it, get it hot as hell. Yes. Well, you make a good point here. Do not do this with a nonstick pan, kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cast iron pan. Really, really hot. Actually, oiling the steak works better, less splatter. But uh, just drop the thing into a really, really hot pan. And uh, by the way, uh, apparently a splatter screen is a thing. Look <laughs> yes. into it. Yes. <laughs> It's very helpful and too if you could use one. Sear the crap out of it on both sides. It's going to smoke like crazy. And you get, I gave it like what, five minutes on each side, pull it out of the pan. The inside, completely rare, but slightly warm. The outside, just crispy enough. Sounds anyway. perfect to me. I'm actually not a good chef, so don't take my, my meal ideas, but I was very pleased that we got the beef. We's got the beef. It's like a holiday miracle. And whether the, uh, you know, as long as the, uh, the, we don't get hit with too much of a blizzard or the creeks don't rise or a tree doesn't fall on uh, Casa de Bemrose, we'll be back next week on Wednesday to talk all about it. Yeah. In theory. Yes. We wish all now of you. You just cursed me for all of those things. To <laughs> I happen, know. Of course. <laughs> you might get a blizzard and a tree fall and maybe a cat will, you know, well, meet their untimely The, the cat will anyway. Yes. Yes. That is it. But we wish everybody a very happy, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you're doing, have fun. We'll be back. And if I can hit the right button, we'd even have a theme song. It's overrated. It is.
from America's left coast. I've been Ryan Bemrose. Oh, didn't we do that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, I think everybody figured it out, right? They probably have a pretty good idea who they are after 206 episodes. Like they didn't do the thing. They didn't do the, the I don't know. We didn't say the thing. The thing. Do we, should we say the thing? I just said the thing. You said the thing, but I didn't say, but thank you, John Fletcher too, for that, uh, that yes. great scream in there. And now we're putting content after the closing. Right. Like which we'd love it. to do. Cause people are like, is this the same show? Is the show over? Is this, this, it's not the same show, is it? And, and from America's left coast where I can beat my meat. No, that was, that was one of the rejected ones. And from just outside of Chirac where you'll get smoked one way or the other. I'm no, Darren O'Neill. We should stop. Should we? Should we call this? Should we call we this one a show? Now, that's a, that's a, that's I don't a, know if that's a good idea. That's a completely different button I need to hit to, to stop this thing. Does anybody know where the button went? Just, just don't pull a phone, boy. Make sure that you actually save the file before closing Audacity. 